Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Yeah, I know. Everybody in the news, everywhere, all they want to talk about is the war between Russia and Ukraine, the invasion of Ukraine. I'm not going to talk about that today, except as it relates to the United States of America. I'm just tired of it. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's not important. What I am saying is it overlooks the fact that we have our own war that we're engaged in here in the United States of America today. And our enemy isn't Putin. Our enemy isn't G. They're not our greatest enemies, at least. Our greatest enemy is right here in the United States of America. No, no, it's not teachers that are combating critical race theory, uh, nor is it me speaking the truth. The real enemy we face, the greatest enemy we face in America today is what? The Biden administration, the Democratic Party. They are at war with us. And they have made it very clear that they have no intention of letting up. They have no intention of coming to the aid of struggling Americans throughout this country. In fact, they are doubling down on their policies, making their intentions very clear that they want us to hurt. Pain, pain is the intention. Suffering is the intention. Pain is what the Democratic Party wants to inflict upon the American people. So you got Biden, of course. Now he's all of a sudden. This is an interesting story, by the way. I'm going to get into a couple of uh, my takeaways from this. But Biden has announced that, you know, he's going to ban importing Russian energy. Well, it's a little late, Joe. A little late. You know, I I love to hear these people lie through their teeth. It's really incredible. That any American can sit and listen to these people and actually believe them is beyond me. Beyond salvation, I think. If you if you listen to these lies and ignore reality, there's no help for you. I don't know what to do. I'm trying right now, but I don't know what to do. What else I can do. But he's uh he's at every point resisted. Resisted efforts to sanction Russia in any meaningful way. I told you he was all talk. All hat, no cattle, as they say. He never would implement anything that would actually have stopped Putin's invasion. And now all of a sudden that he's invaded, now he's going to ban Russian oil after he's already funded Putin's war by giving them billions and billions of our dollars to import Russian oil while he has hollowed out our own energy here in America. And now he stands up there, puffing up his chest, talking about how, oh, well, you know, you know, I've actually, my policies are not responsible for any of the pain and increase in gas prices. This is all a result of Putin's war. Don't you understand? And no, 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 I have not, I haven't done anything to prohibit drilling in America. An outright lie. An outright lie. But, you know, it's interesting. There's a little bit of turmoil in the Democratic Party with regards to all this. So apparently, this was a story from Axios a couple of days ago. Uh, Biden officials, here's the headline, Biden officials pressured the Dems on Russia oil ban. 
Now, the point here is that apparently the Democrats, in a bipartisan way, because they're going to get shellacked in the midterms, well, they, 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 they can't be seen as Joe Biden is right now. They had to come out against him a little bit. And of course, the regime has wanted control over all of this. They've been at odds with Congress. They've been pressuring Congress. Even back on, in January of this year, when Senator Ted Cruz out of Texas, when he sponsored that bill to sanction the Nord Stream 2 pipeline again in Russia, delivering oil, natural gas from Russia to the European Union, well, the Biden regime said, no, this is going to disrupt our, our diplomatic negotiations. And the Democrats came out and said, of course, well, you know, if we, I talked about this last time, of course, but I've got new listeners, but the Dems came out and their argument against sanctioning the pipeline before the invasion was that it would actually encourage an invasion. So I guess now that the invasion's happened, well, now we can do whatever we want. But here's, here's a little bit of the headline from Axios. The Biden administration officials pressured some Democratic senators not to support bipartisan legislation by Senators Joe Manchin and Lisa Murkowski that would ban oil and gas imports from Russia, Senate Democratic aides told Axios. So the Biden administration didn't want this ban on Russian oil and gas to continue. But despite this revelation, despite this revelation, Biden in his press conference today came out and said that uh, uh, to the contrary, well, let me do it this way. So Pelosi's come out in favor of this as well. She bucked Biden here is, the, is what they're trying to say. And she, her, here's a quotation from Pelosi. I'm all for that. Ban the oil coming from Russia. And this is what I'm saying. This is the trend from the Biden regime. They have resisted every effort to sanction Russia, resisted every effort to do anything that would actually affect Russia in a negative way. And don't get me wrong. The Democrats, they do support this transformation that's taking place. And they have been signaling this intention since he ran for, the, for president of the United States in 2020. That's what's amazing to me. You know what? If you're a Democrat out there, if you're a Democrat out there, you voted for this. Trump told you this was going to happen. Biden told you this was going to happen. You own this. You know what? If you're a Democrat out there, and you, if, if you voted for Joe Biden, the only acceptable, acceptable response from you to these soaring, outrageous gas prices is applause. You better be clapping like seals because Biden told you he was going to do this and you voted for him. So to react in any other way, you have no ground to stand on. He told you this was going to happen. Trump warned you this was going to be the result. And he is fulfilling a promise. Biden is actually doing exactly what Biden promised the Democrat voters he was going to do. You wanted this. The shift, the forced transformation to green new energy that doesn't exist and that doesn't even in a practical way work. So Democrats, they support this. Don't get me wrong. They're just thinking about the midterms right now. They aren't lobbying to increase oil production in the U.S. They're just voting a little late to ban the indef indefensible funding of Putin's war by buying oil from Russia. That's it. They're not coming out and, and calling for renewed energy uh, independence in America. 
And but you know, before before I do this, I want to play for you. If you're watching on Rumble, you can actually watch the clip. But this is from the second. I think there were only two debates. This is from the second debate, presidential debate in 2020. I want you to hear this exchange. I spliced it together between Trump and Biden, in which Trump calls out Biden for what he, what he wants to do in terms of wrecking our economy through banning oil, essentially. And, uh, and Biden also admitting he's going to do much of the same. So I'm going to play that for you now. Global warming is an existential threat to humanity. We have a moral obligation to deal with it. And we're told by all the leading scientists in the world, we don't have much time. We are energy independent. But if you want to kill the economy, get rid of your oil industry. We need other industries to transition to get to ultimately a complete zero emissions by 2025. I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. It is a big statement. Because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because. The oil industry pollutes. Okay. Because basically what he's saying is he is going to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have to get to the final question. Vice President Biden. He takes everything out of context, but the point is, look, we have to move toward a net zero emissions. All right, so there you have it. He told you this was going to happen back in 2020, and he's followed through. And he gave a press conference. We've heard this. There's an exchange between Peter Ducey and Jin Saki, Boy Scout Ducey. God bless him. He took it to Jin Saki the other day. I'm not going to play the clip, but it's the same thing. The talking points from the administration now, which is that Joe Biden's policies are not responsible for soaring gas prices. It is an egregious, egregious lie. In fact, here, I'm going to play you the clip of Joe Biden today coming out and well, defending himself, not accepting any blame or responsibility for what's taken place. And it's an outright lie. So here's the clip. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. We're approaching a record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record oil production next year. In the United States, 90% of onshore oil production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10% that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. They have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. So let me be clear. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. That's their decision. These are the facts. We should be honest about the facts. So there you have Biden lying about his policies not being responsible for gas costs. Now, the big talking point from the left, which is a lie is that, well, they have been giving out these leases like candy. So why aren't drilling companies drilling for oil if they have all these leases that Joe Biden has given them? Well, just because you have a lease doesn't mean there's actually oil and gas in that lease. Secondarily, drilling companies, after you get a lease, which these leases can expire, by the way, so you have a window to get additional permits from who? The federal government to actually allow you to drill. So the lease is meaningless. 
You know, it's like if you want to build a home and you buy the land and then the government does not give you the permits to build the house. They block you at every turn. They make it cost prohibitive. That's what's happening here. It doesn't mean anything. Just because you have a lease doesn't mean you can drill. And just because you have a lease doesn't even mean that within those confines that you got the lease to potentially drill on if the government allows you and permits it. It doesn't mean there's even oil there. It's Much of this is based on a hunch. So you get these leases and you explore. It costs a lot of investment of money and time. And secondarily, you have a hostile administration that has made it clear that they cannot be relied upon not to stop leases at any time because this just took place as well, by the way. He just halted leases again on federal land uh, just this year. And so in this environment of uncertainty, these oil companies can't make decisions, invest this kind of money because they know they have a regime that could change on a dime. And then they've lost money, they've lost revenue, they've, they've invested money in something that they're not allowed to see through. And it takes years and years, by the way, to actually drill and then turn that into usable crude oil or whatever petroleum product it is. Um, so I'm tired of this lie time and time again. On day one of the administration, January 20th, 2020, Executive orders were signed that did what? Canceled, rescinded the the authority to build the Keystone XL pipeline that would have delivered 800 plus thousand barrels of crude oil per day from Canada to the United States of America. And simultaneously, he lifted sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 in Russia. He helped Russia and hurt America. And then on top of that, he, he put a halt in place of issuing any new leases. He basically gave... Uh, all of the different administrative components of the federal government instructed them to come down hard on these drilling companies. And that's the thing, too. He keeps talking about how he hasn't banned fracking, by the way. I just want to put this lie to rest as well. This is a show of, of eliminating, cutting through the misinformation, because all we have from the federal government, this Biden administration, are lies and misinformation. So fracking, right? He always says, uh, well, he hasn't banned fracking. Well, he cannot ban fracking because fracking takes place on predominantly private land. It would take an act of Congress to outright ban fracking. So he can't do it with an executive uh, action, an executive order. So for him to say, well, I'm not going to ban, well, you can't ban fracking anyway. You need Congress to do it. So what we have now is gas is going to approach possibly $10 a gallon in some places. And you know what this regime's doing too, by the way? This is what I'm saying about how despicable they are. The solution is staring us right in the face. We need to unleash energy independence just like we did under the Trump administration. It's not just a problem at the pump in terms of being able to pay for it and hurting Americans. But it's a national security problem. And what's the response from this administration? It is to go to Venezuela. It is to go to Saudi Arabia. It is to go to Iran and beg them to release more oil. This is insane. They are going to our enemies. They, they are going to dictatorships and asking them to provide us oil instead of Russia. I'm sorry. 
does this make sense to some to anybody? So they're acknowledging that we need oil and gas because they're looking to other foreign entities, even enemy nations, to pick up the slack that, uh, well, you know, we're not, we're not buying it from Russia anymore, so now we need to get it somewhere else. So we're not going to get it from our own country that has more oil than anyone else in the world. We're going to buy it from these other nations. How does that solve your climate change problem, by the way? And I cannot believe the callousness, the callousness of these people, whether it's celebrities, rich celebrities, whether it's people in the Biden administration, you know, little tiny Mayor Pete, well, just get an electric vehicle. The average price of an electric vehicle, by the way, is around $50,000, $55,000. But that's not even the problem in itself. The government does not have the right or authority to intervene in such a way to force this on the American people. Do you know that if there was even a remote value, a remote value to, you know, the functionality of solar panels, of wind turbines, of electric vehicles, they wouldn't have to force prices up to coerce Americans to accept the Green New Deal. The market would fill the void if it was actually effective and efficient, but it's not. It's not. So, you know, with, with, this, with, the, uh, with the Democrats, though, in terms of the Congress people that are up for re-election, It'll be interesting to see. I wouldn't put it past them to distance themselves from Biden and use this as a campaign issue going into 2022 to try and stave off some of their defeat. What I mean is they're basically at odds right now with Biden. These news reports are coming out that the Democrats have wanted to do this and it's the Biden administration that pressured Democrats against doing this ban because it made sense. I mean, they couldn't even defend this. It was indefensible. Here we are suffering from outrageous gas prices. Meanwhile, we've got Russia invading Ukraine, and we find out that the Biden administration has been importing Russian oil at record numbers, record rates, sending them billions of dollars and funding their war. That was not sustainable. Even even the dumbest of Democrat voters in this country could not look at that and raise an eyebrow. And so that's what we have happening right now. The Democrats were begging, hey, we have to stop importing this oil. And of course, they're going to use it to their advantage because now they're already setting the stage. Oil prices are going to rise every single day. Every single day. It is going to get so bad, worse, worse than we've ever seen in this nation's history. And then Democrats are going to say it's because of Russia, Ukraine. Do not buy that. It's a lie. We could drill for oil here. We're not doing it. This is by design. It is intentional. The Democrats want you to suffer. They want you to hurt. But they don't want you to understand that they're the ones doing it to you. They want to blame it on somebody else. They want to blame it on Russia, Ukraine. They want to blame it on Saudi Arabia. They want to blame it on greedy oil producers. That's not what's happening. The Democrats are doing this to force their fundamental transformation. They've admitted it. They've, they, they have absolutely admitted that that is their point. All right. So I want to get into this election in 2020. 
This is something that we should be railing on, in my opinion. This is something that Republicans should be voicing vociferously because I know how a lot of you feel. It's too late. Biden's in the White House. There's nothing we can do. But I just want you to think about, because this is what makes me so outraged. Think about all the suffering that we've had to endure just since January of 2020. As soon as Joe Biden stepped foot in the Oval Office, the destruction of America accelerated. Like light speed, the inflation, the supply chain issues, oil and gas prices, the price you pay when you go to the grocery store. Everything is hurting Americans. We are really, really feeling this pain. And none of this would have happened if, of course, Trump was in the White House. Now you can say, oh, Drew, but he's not. It didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. I am going to tell you facts here. Facts here. Because none of this should be happening right now. And it is happening because the Democrats got their way through fraud in 2020. And that's why they don't want us to talk about it. And I'm going to get into another story, by the way, because, again, I got to say, the, 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 the January 6th committee, by the way, well, they're bringing new charges against Trump. They've got their next hoax in order, and we're going to go through the history of those hoaxes in a second, too. But anyway, before I get into what happened in Wisconsin in 2020, I want to talk about what's happened in Texas in the Democrat Party primary just recently. So there were 10,000 uncounted ballots found in Texas. This is in Harris County, which is the most populous county in Texas. 10,000 uncounted ballots just discovered all of a sudden. And this concerns two Democratic Party primary races, one for a state house seat and another for the uh, Texas Attorney General. So they went through, they count all the votes, and then all of a sudden they find 10,000 uncounted ballots. This is happening I mean, this doesn't even get into just the fraud. This is the, the alarm that I have that we have elections in this country, even for a Democratic Party primary, in which uncounted balance, ballots are just discovered after the race is being called. This should not be happening in the United States of America. Absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. But now let's get into Wisconsin. So if you remember in Wisconsin, Biden won that state by less than 21,000 votes. How did they do this? How did the Democrats pull off this victory? Well, here's one way. There are 92,000 residents statewide in nursing homes. Biden won the state, remember this, by fewer than 21,000 votes. So this isn't even talking about other fraud that we've talked about on this show before in terms of the illegal drop-off boxes that, were vi- that violated, violated uh, the election laws in Wisconsin, those ballot drop-off boxes where you could just go in the middle of the night and just drop off anonymously ballots. Those were illegal, but they were, they were put in place nonetheless, and those votes were still counted. Now, this is just the nursing homes. So 92,000 residents statewide in nursing homes. Well, against the election laws in the state of Wisconsin, facility staff at these nursing homes were allowed to help residents vote 
and mail in their ballots by the election commission. They permitted these ballots to be deposited in drop-off boxes, which was a violation of the Wisconsin law. This um, special uh, prosecutor or this, uh, this investigation that took place learned that incapacitated residents had voted. Some facilities, nursing home facilities, had 100% voter turnout. And this report examined 2020 voter participation at 91 nursing homes in several counties and found that at least 95% of residents had voted. So 95% of residents had voted out of 91 nursing homes. That's not all the nursing homes in the state, but that's what this focused on. And then in Milwaukee, Racine, and Dane counties in Wisconsin, 100% of nursing home residents cast ballots in the presidential election. 100% of residents. You're a nursing home. There is no way 100% of the residents can cast a vote. If you have dementia, if you don't know what year it is, if you are incapacitated, which you know is the case at nursing homes, those people can't vote. But 100% of these people somehow miraculously voted in 2020. So, of course, this has, uh, you know, anyone with a couple of brain cells, their antennae going up saying, hey, this is not adding up. This doesn't make any sense. There were laws violated and there are anomalies here that are literally present impossibilities. So, of course, the Washington Post is calling for an end to these audits, an end The Wisconsin GOP's investigation into the 2020 election is a farce, writes the Washington Post. It's time to abandon. You know what the farce is? The farce is actually the 2020 election. That's the real farce. The way the Democrats cheated, stole, committed fraud to put their man in the White House. That's the real farce. But of course, for the Washington Post, they don't want us talking about this. The Democrats don't want us examining this. So what do they do? They try and dismiss it. This is a farce. It's uncovered, very real examples of fraud, but we're not allowed to talk about it. That's the farce. The farce is looking into election fraud. That's what they call the the farce. And I tell you what, this stuff, it's now 2022. He's been in there a year like a wrecking ball destroying this country. And we know have evidence of fraud that would have changed the results of the 2020 election. And we're just sitting here on our hands. Well, they got away with it. Nothing we can do. We just got to hope we survive, uh, you know, three more years. We hope we have to we have to hope we survive and win back the 2022 midterms and stave them off for a couple of years. But, you know, we just got to. They got away with it. They won. Um, So, you know, they can violate the Constitution to their heart's content. And all we have are elections to, uh, you know, to stop these illegal violations. And that's the thing, too, folks. You know, there's not an easy solution here, but I just want you to think about, ruminate over this. Because the way we imagine our relationship with our government today, think about what they did with COVID. The lies they used to lock us down, all of a sudden we're opening back up. They abused us. They violated the Constitution. And that's just one of the many ways they did it. But they do this, and we have no recourse of action. They just get away with it. If you violate any law, big or small, I mean, look, if on January 6th you trespassed, 
by entering the Capitol building and you took some photographs inside and you didn't even go beyond the velvet ropes, if you committed that small act that is not a violent offense, you, uh, you may find yourself being held without bail in a gulag in Washington, D.C. But the Democrat Party and politicians can violate state constitutions. They can unilaterally change election laws in violation of the state constitutions. They can commit fraud. They can violate election laws to get outcomes that are not admissible, that should have been rejected. And we just are told no consequences whatsoever. Fauci, no consequences. Hillary Clinton, no consequences. Joe Biden, 10% for the big guy. Hunter Biden, no consequences. They get away with anything and everything, and we're just supposed to take it because they've got a bigger stick, they say. They can threaten us, but we have no power. I am sick of living my life this way, where we accept the fact that these politicians, especially these Democrats, that they are above the law. And in fact, they can use the levers of government to beat us mercilessly and do whatever they want. So the Democrats, you're going to love this. They're outraged right now. Outraged, outraged, outraged. You know why? Because Bill Barr, you know, they they loved and celebrated Bill Barr, you know, Trump's uh, former attorney general. They celebrated him for a while because he had a couple of nasty things to say about Trump, right? He, uh, he, he was in line with the Democrats when he said there was no election fraud, so they loved him and praised him, but now they're turning on him again because you know what he just said? He did an interview with Savannah Guthrie, and Bill Barr, well, he said that he would vote for Trump in 2024 if that was his option, and in fact, he said he didn't see any situation in which he wouldn't vote for Republican candidate in 2024, and then he just really lit him up when he was asked, well... You know, if Trump's the candidate, will you vote for Trump? And he said, yeah. Yeah, I'll vote for Trump in 2024. So they lost Bill Barr. That's sad for them. <clears throat> but um, I wanted to get into what happened with this January 6th committee because this is, this is the, the, the next hoax they're on to. Now, before I get to this, this uh, newest hoax per the New York Post, what the January 6th committee is up to, I want to go back in time and look at these hoaxes. Now, let's start with Trump-Russia collusion. Do you know why Trump-Russia collusion failed? I'll give, you, I'll give you my two cents. I think one reason the Trump-Russia collusion uh, narrative failed is because nobody could understand what that meant. Uh, the Democrats kept talking about it. Adam Schiff said, you know, he's seen evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. The media tried to explain it, but they couldn't explain it. The American people, despite the 24-7 coverage of Trump-Russia collusion, <clears throat> excuse me, accusing Trump of this, well, the American people were still wondering, well, what exactly is it that Trump did? Nobody could explain it. What is Trump-Russia collusion? I mean, it was a very generic but simple term that also made no sense whatsoever, that, that basically was supposed to insist that somehow Trump worked with Vladimir Putin to steal the 2020 election, the 2016 election. That was basically what Trump collusion was in a nutshell. But collusion didn't even have any legal basis. It's not some legal term. He colluded. Oh, lock him up. 
It didn't mean anything. It had no teeth. And it was so confusing. And so that's when they moved on, I think, to quid pro quo. Because quid pro quo, you know, I mean, not only did was Trump collusion, Trump-Russia collusion just literally made up. I mean, the FBI... Uh, early on, determined there was no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. But even after we knew this, the Democrats insisted that we investigate Donald Trump with that $32 million taxpayer-funded Mueller investigation that, what, told us that there was no Trump-Russia collusion. So then, you know, as soon as that blew up in their faces and got nowhere, well, they decided not to go through any kind of special counsel this time, not to try and search for evidence that didn't exist. They would just impeach him. So it was quid pro quo. Everyone, something for something else. Quid pro quo. Oh, well, that, that, that means, that means uh, uh, lying, stealing, cheating, bribery, bribery, you know, corruption is what quid pro quo means. So, you know, that was where Trump had that phone call with Zelensky, actually. And Adam Schiff claimed that it was some kind of, you know, mafia-style shakedown. Trump was saying, you know, if he didn't dig up dirt on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and his involvement with Burisma, well, he was going to withhold military aid. None of that took place in the phone call. None of it whatsoever. It was proven a complete lie, but it didn't matter. This time, the Democrats simply went straight for impeachment and Trump was found not guilty again. But, you know, impeachment sticks because a lot of people in this country think impeachment is guilt. Impeachment's not. It's an accusation. It's an accusation. And then you go to trial in the Senate and you're found guilty or not guilty. And he was found not guilty. And so then it was January 6th. Another lie. Trump incited an insurrection. This is like Trump-Russia collusion 2.0 all over again. He didn't incite an insurrection. There was no evidence of it. But just like the Mueller investigation into Trump-Russia collusion, they knew there was no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. They used it to investigate him to try and find something else, anything else, to sully him, to go after his, his friends, his colleagues, people who worked for him, to find them guilty on, you know, charges, white-collar, you know, crimes that had nothing to do with Trump, for example, tax evasion. Oh, well, this was an association of, associate of Trump, so we're getting closer. Guilty by association. And that's what this is now. So here's what's going on. So remember, the January 6th committee, they already impeached Trump over inciting an insurrection. And of course, he was found not guilty again. So the big talking point from the left is, oh, well, you know, Trump, uh, he's twice impeached. Twice impeached, yeah, and twice found not guilty because you impeached him on something that didn't happen. But he was found not guilty of inciting an insurrection. And despite that, that wasn't good enough. So then they put together the phony January 6th committee to find, to find the charge. He was found not guilty of it, but they were going to find it anyway and dig deeper. So here we go. This is what they came up with. And it has nothing to do with inciting an insurrection. They found something else. They invented something else, don't you know? Here's New York Post. Former president... Donald Trump criminally conspired to defraud the United States. The select committee investigating the riot at, Cap the, riot at the Capitol last January alleged in a Wednesday night court filing. The House panel presented evidence that Trump and his cohorts 
deliberately spread proven lies about his election and provoked a violent mob of supporters to disrupt the certification of his 2020 election loss, the documents, documents said. I mean, this is crazy. <clears throat> so they allege that the Republican broke multiple laws by interfering with the election certification process, disseminating false information about election. Fr- okay. Who is it after the 2016 election in which Trump was victorious? Who is it that said that Trump-Russia collusion, that that was stolen by Putin? Because, you know, he had a phone call with Donald Trump and Trump said, hey, I got to win this year. So make sure you do something to the Democrats here. We got to collude. You and I are colluding, brother Putin. Collude and get me this victory. And Hillary Clinton rejected the results. She still claims she won. I mean, this is what they're accusing Donald Trump of. And I just read you the story about what happened in Wisconsin in the nursing home. That's not the first time I've talked about this. That's not near the only evidence that exists. It's happened in other states too. And they're saying because he questioned the election results, that's some kind of criminal prosecute, you know. uh, And this is the thing too. They want to make it criminal because they don't want Trump to run for office again in 2024. They, 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 They know they didn't really win, honestly, in 2020. And they fear him again in 2024. So this is what they come up with. It's an absolute joke. They're literally accusing Donald Trump of what they did themselves in terms of questioning things and whatnot. And, uh, and here we go again. Here we go again. But this is going to be enjoyable for you. I want to tell you something else to circle back, as Saki would say, to... Uh, Biden, right? His big solution for solving gas prices right now is uh, to go to Saudi Arabia and beg the Saudis to give us more oil. Great, great, great plan, right? Get on his knees. No, you should send Kamala Harris for that. She's apparently good at getting on her knees. What? No, I'm just just saying. Um, So ahead of this visit, guess what he's done? Put the pieces together for me here. The U.S. government has released a, a uh, he's called the, um, the 20th, what do they call him, this guy, the, the 20th 9-11 hijacker. Now, there were 19 hijackers on 9-11. He was the 20th because, well, he tried to get there to hijack with the 19 other terrorists, but he got held up and he didn't, he missed his ride. He missed his ride uh, to do his terrorist thing. So Mohammed Mani Ahmad al-Khatani was sent from Guantanamo to Saudi Arabia where he will receive treatment at a psychiatric facility. On February 4th of this year, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, that's the guy that wore like that Darth Vader uh, suit, I think, in the the midst of COVID. It was very uh, memorable. But anyway, Lloyd Austin notified Congress of his intent to repatriate al-Khatani to Saudi Arabia. So Al-Qahtani, this is what he did, by the way. So uh, he trained up with Al-Qaeda and he tried to join the hijackers, but he didn't end up making it because he was turned away from the U.S. at an airport in Orlando by immigration officers who were suspicious of his travel. And so the leading plotter, Mohammed Atta, he was supposed to pick him up and be his ride, apparently. But, uh, well, I guess uh, Al-Qahtani didn't show up. So he didn't make it on one of those planes to murder Americans. So he was charged in 2002 and sent to Guantanamo, as he should be. 
He was trying to do it and got caught. And so now this guy, who is a Saudi Arabian citizen, well, guess what? He's being sent back to Saudi Arabia just ahead of Joe Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia to beg them for lowering oil prices. Now, we'll see what comes of that. We'll see what comes of that. You know, this is kind of like if gas prices go up to $10 a gallon, and after the Saudi Arabia thing, they go down to $9.99 uh, a gallon. This will be claimed as a victory, right? This is the kind of thing the Democrats do. Joe Biden will say, see what I've done. I have lowered gas prices by one cent. I am saving you all one cent a gallon of gas. Thank me for going to Saudi Arabia and negotiating this brilliant deal. And that's what they're going to do, by the way. That's what they're going to do. They're going to try and bring down gas prices just a little or even slow uh, uh, the increasing prices, the rate of that, and they will, they will herald Joe Biden as some kind of uh, 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 diplomatic genius. <clears throat> uh, there's one more thing I wanted to, to to clarify here. By the way, you've likely heard it out there in the news that uh, they're calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida. So DeSantis is going to sign this if he hasn't already. The "Don't Say Gay" bill. Now, this is what the Democrats do time and time again. They hijack the language and they, they, they convince the American people that, well, they, they, they stir up conflict and controversy where there doesn't need to be any. Now, uh, this bill, I'll tell you what this does. This bill, this is part of the post-millennial. The legislature bans teachers in those grade levels, I think it's kindergarten through third grade, from teaching about sexual orientation or gender identity. And the bill also allows parents to sue school districts if the policy is violated. Proponents of the pro-parental control law say the bill gives decision-making power back to the parent. Of course. And look, we know, we know so many countless Democrats who are teaching in our public schools are nut jobs, complete nut jobs, teaching their ch- teaching young kids who have no business. I mean, they're kindergartners, first grade, second grade, third grade. They don't need to be hearing about sex. They're not even in that world yet. And it's not even that. They want to indoctrinate your kids with this insane, these insane beliefs, put it in their heads that they should chop off their genitalia, that they should be transgender, that they should be gay. So this bill says nothing about don't about you can't say the word gay. It's about not trying to indoctrinate any young kids when these, when these teachers have no business trying to teach them about all of this absolutely insane crap that the left wants to spew to try and impress on them what their sexual orientation should be or what their gender identity should be. This is about stopping what the left is trying to do in this country via our schools and public teachers to basically destroy and, 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 and create rot in our children's brains at a young age, to replace the parents, to make themselves take, take, take people's kids hostage and just put poison in their brains. So that's what this does. But the left is smart. They know what they're doing. They say, Ooh, this is a don't say gay bill. This is a bunch of uh, anti-gay people in Florida. They hate gay people. See, they're saying don't. That's not in the bill. It's not true. But you know what? Even if it was a don't say gay bill, you shouldn't be talking about gay, straight, any kind of sexual or deviant sexual behavior as well 
to somebody in kindergarten or third grade, for God's sake. These people are depraved individuals, and this bill is spot on. And the reason they're mad is because it's going to work. You know why? Because it puts teeth in it. Because this bill allows parents to sue school districts. So if you hear that you've got one of these, you know, the, 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 the libs of TikTok videos that get posted out there of these uh, green-haired, blue-haired weirdos who are bragging about how they're like, I don't know, converting two-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds to being gay and convincing them to cut off their genitalia or change their gender or choose their own pronoun. Well, these psychopaths, if, they, if these parents find out this is happening in the classrooms, they can sue the schools. So the schools are actually going to come down on these people and make sure that this doesn't happen anymore. So it's broken the left. It's broken the left. But anyway, we went through a lot today. That's all I got today. Uh, I'll be back with you maybe tomorrow. We'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, what time permits. But things are going to get worse in this country, and it's just very vitally important that you understand what the left's going to continue to do right now, to spin this, to lie. Uh, they're, they're not going to back down. They're going to double down on these lies that they've given out more leases, and that means nothing. Uh, remember, just days ago, they canceled more leases and put another ban on leases. Um, we're in this situation because of the Democrats, and it's intentional, and it's all part of their plan. 